Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are tackling the subject of money stories. They're the stories that we tell ourselves around money. Some are positive, some are negative, some have a positive contribution as to where we're going in life, and others just fuel resentment and negativity. Plenty of notes to take out of this, but most importantly, as always, take plenty of action. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Lorenzo. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter, and to dive straight into things. Someone of your age and someone with kids, one of your favorite pastimes, no doubt, is storytelling. But today, we're actually going to apply that in the monetary sense and talk about money stories, ones that we get told, ones that we tell ourselves, and the actual effect that it might have on our wealth creation. Money stories, indeed, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing. Once upon a time, you told yourself you were going to be broke and you didn't live happily ever after. Exactly right. The reality is, yes, we do uh, have a system of beliefs in our life about a whole raft of different things. And those beliefs can then influence uh, the way that we think and, of course, the actions that we take and directly as a consequence of that, the outcome that we get. So if you're someone that's in possession, and we'll talk about how you may come to be in possession of it, of some fairly toxic money stories, there's a very, very good chance that you're not going to win the money game uh, and be quite frustrated about it versus somebody that perhaps has had the advantage uh, of evolving into a more positive story around money uh, and, oh, it's okay for them, it was easy. Well, no, they just had a different story, belief system, action plan. And ultimately outcome uh, and that's really what it boils down to so yeah money stories can be very toxic or very beneficial depending of course which side of the ledger you're on and there's always external influences it's about how you internalize them and what you act or don't act on right because that's sometimes right. there's really good influences great advice more often than not though it's usually mm. quite bad right can be and it comes down as i'm sure we'll talk about the peer group you associate with nature nurture all of those different things so let's let's start at the top and talk a bit about you know some of the cultural things around money because ultimately you know in the western society um you know and if you spend time in the us as i spend a lot of time doing these days you know the the the, the um you know it's, it seems to be an economy and a, and a society that's driven about this quest for wealth and you know money's the root of all evil um money comes with some very very interesting uh, stories from a cultural perspective uh, and and say for example here in Australia if we talk about let's say you set a goal this year Mitch I'm going to set my goal to be obsessive about health and fitness and I'm going to get right. really fit and I'm going to be really healthy all year most people would laud that goal and say well done good for you anything I can do to help or what are you doing for your training any of those sorts of things if you sat down and said to someone this year I'm going to be totally obsessed with making money uh, they probably think the you're a bit of a maggot and go, well, uh, ego or, or whatever it might be that you're trying to drive for there, or you must be really shallow, or what's wrong with your life that you need to do that. So there's a huge, there's a huge stigma I think attached with talking about money. You know, we never talk about money around the table. Is a, a comment I can recall hearing uh, as a kid, or um, some of those sorts of things that are really deeply ingrained. Think about another one that goes back even further than my childhood, and that's the Bible. And if you read the Bible, it says the meek shall inherit the earth. So there's a reward for being someone that's not chased uh, prominence, power, money, and that is you'll inherit uh, a, 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 an eternity of happiness in the, in the kingdom of heaven. And so these things are inbuilt into our belief system, and they can take an awful lot to unpack and reprogram in, I guess, a more positive way. So question to you, money the root of all evil, no doubt most people have probably heard that statement before. Mm. Is that necessarily the case? Because ultimately money is a tool that can really extend who you are, good or bad, right? Exactly right. E evil people are the root of all evil. Uh, money is just simply an extension of who you are. If you're a good person and you have 
wealth, you can apply the good things that you do and the people that you help in a more effective way. If you're a bad person and you have wealth, well, you can use that as leverage and extension of doing bad things to people and conducting yourself in a bad way. So it, it, it's not the money, it's the application of it, which is really the challenge. And that comes down to people's values and personality, not money. So can I ask for an example, just picking your name, say Twiggy Forrest, for example, mm. here's a guy who's got a lot of money, but he's very active as a philanthropist, he's done a lot of great stuff with his obscene amount of wealth, right? And if you talk to the wrong people, they'll say, oh, he's only doing that because he feels guilty about it. Which, yeah, which is really <laughs> and, and cynical, you go, right? You've got a chunk of money and you could choose to donate it to good things and help people along through charitable endeavors, which certainly Andrew Forrest does a massive amount of work in. Um, or you go, well, yeah, if I'm a bad person, I won't bother doing that, I'll just keep it all to myself, thanks very much. Um, you know, so, you know, it's a bit of an ambit point. And, and, and I think, yeah, I'll give you an example of this, is a, a company in South Africa, uh, which is a life insurance company, and providing life insurance in South Africa, which is a com country that has you know, a high level of HIV and mortality on the back of that, um, being a life insurance provider is quite a tricky business to be in because you know, life expectancy is relatively short with some of those illnesses. So the particular founder of that business uh, went about the business of, well, if we're going to provide insurance, let's actually provide education for people to teach them how they can enjoy a healthier life and make healthier choices to prevent illness or, or, or disease that may prematurely end their life. And in doing so has created a very, very profitable business, but the reason it's been a very profitable business is because he's helped people make healthier choices. It's a total win-win. So it's not the root of all evil at all. It's a purpose-driven, in that case, a conscious decision or a purpose-driven decision uh, to, to have a win-win. And in, in return, he's made a heck of a lot of money, but he's also helped tens of millions of people have life insurance when they could perhaps never have afforded it in the past because he's changed the landscape. So it, it's not necessarily the root of all evil, but it's the belief that people hold. Or if you've got money, you must have climbed all over people uh, to get there you know or you must be really selfish or what did you compromise in order to do that and again when you hear those sort of negative type comments typically and this isn't always but typically in my experience it's usually a softener coming from somebody that hasn't achieved the level of wealth that they'd like it's not doesn't mean they're wealthy or not wealthy they just haven't got to the level that they'd like and so they're looking to soften their own failing by shooting down other people you know there are people that lift you up and there are people that tear you down Equally, um, there's an anger phase in there from some people too, where they, oh yeah, just could look at, you know, driving a car like that, I wonder how many people he's ripped off to get to that, for example. Uh, and they never see that there could be a positive reason for that. And yet, if you look at a, a model of, say, capitalism, if you help enough people, whether that's your employees and staff or customers, um, resolve a problem that they're looking to fix, you'll probably make money in the process of doing that. But the money you made is a byproduct of helping other people. Very, very hard for people to see that when they don't have money. They're looking for a reason to, to kind of shoot you down. Similarly with investing. Oh, look at them. It's right for them. They haven't got to go through what we have. But maybe the person that's got the money has gone through a budgeting program and worked hard to save and invested wisely as opposed to having a, a love affair with the pokies or at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the trots. And that's not to cast aspersions of people that like having a punt. There's nothing wrong with that if it's part of your budget. But if it's preventing you from getting ahead financially where you want to be, and more importantly, it's created a level of dissatisfaction that you're not at the level. If, if you're where you want to be, it doesn't matter. But if you're dissatisfied that you're not at the level you want to be, then it's a problem. So as an extension of that AB, and it, so much of that just ranged true, I think about hearing that so many times as, as I was growing up, these kinds of 
beliefs and misbeliefs that we have within our society is ultimately what forms culture when it's when it is sustained enough mm. what do you think are the biggest misbeliefs or beliefs around money that are just totally ridiculous and not true money's hard to come by there's more money in circulation in society now than there's ever been at any point in history in fact by the time i finished saying that given how quickly the u.s have been printing money there's even more now so there's more <laughs> money in circulation than there's ever been um, there's more opportunity than there's ever been um, but also the wealth gap is probably wider than it's ever been and part and parcel of that uh, people's um, beliefs, actions, uh, and strategy around money, because there has to be a strategy around money. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. No, it doesn't. You, uh, you know, it's at the root of all evil we've just talked about. Oh, um, you know, you got to sell your soul to the devil if you want to become wealthy. No, you don't. Um, but the stories and softeners, as I say, usually coming from a position of someone that's dissatisfied with where they're at. And we carry them with us, with us, you know, for an eternity. They can be our beliefs for the rest of our life. Uh, and, and if they're good beliefs, that's a good thing. And if they're more toxic or damaging or stop you making progress or getting to the level that you want to be at, and I keep going back to that point where you want to be because it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of money, happiness, life, health, none of those, it doesn't matter where you are if you're happy with where you're at. It's your journey, not somebody else's. But if you're frustrated about where you're at or you want to be past that point, then it becomes a challenge. And it can really anchor back, as I say, to these beliefs that people carry. And, and it's possible to rewrite those beliefs and improve them, change them, shift them, nudge them, enhance them, rewrite them, obliterate them, delete them, depending on how bad those stories are, and get an extremely different outcome from your life. Yeah, and one of the most big ones you hear people say, oh, I've never been good with money. Guess what? You're never going to be good with money if that's your belief system that you've always been bad with it. Oh, my family have never been good with money. Okay, well, you've just sentenced yourself to the same thing as opposed to, I'm going to be the person in my family that rewrites a better ending to the story around money. I'm the one that's going to be the breakout person that helps our family right the ship as far as money's concerned. I'm going to be the person in my family that shows that there is a pathway that you can go down and create wealth and, and, and provide a, a more stable environment, whatever it may be. But we get anchored in that bad one of, oh, I'm just bad with money, our whole family always has been, and that's just the way we are. And you're resigned to it. If you rule yourself out of the race, you're never going to start in the exactly first place, say. Right. So as a question to you, Abby, at the very start, you, you made mention of the, the phrase nature and nurture. Mm. So I'm assuming you're talking about influence from your peers and also your, your parents. Yeah. What kind of an effect can that have on the money stories that we tell ourselves. But the whole nature-nurture debate about intelligence, personality, all of those sorts of things, you know, psychologists, and I remember reading this at university, you know, have raged on about it for, for, for decades, how much of it is down to the DNA that you have and how much of it is down to the environment in which you're brought up in, you know, and, 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 and in actual fact, um, you know, they're both quite valid, but you can change both of them. It doesn't matter where you start in life, you can make a very conscious decision to, to shift it. And, and if you look at some of the tremendously successful people um, in life, I think sometimes having a tricky start can make you want it more. I guess I'm a success story from that myself, being from a working class background to, 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 to the level I've managed to achieve in, in my life for my family. Uh, probably one of the best examples of that would be Kerry Stokes, um, you know, one of Australia's uh, multi-billionaires. Um, 
and uh, was 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 adopted as a child into total poverty. Uh, and so you could argue that his success has got very little to do with the DNA that he was born with, and has just been an intense drive to either move away from being poor or an intense drive to want to move towards being wealthy or a combination of both. So the DNA argument is a bit of an ambit point. Um, I think more of it comes down to nurture uh, and the environment in which you place yourself. And you know, if, you, if you're in an environment where your family have bad money habits and so too do all of your peers, there's a very good chance that that's where you're going to end up too because that's the norm the, 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 What's the group acceptable, norm. right? Exactly right. You know, they often say, you know, show me your five friends and I'll show you where you're going to be in life. Um, and, and that rings true when it comes to, to, to money and wealth too. Or alternatively, you can step out of that. And it's very, very hard to step out of that because if you try and walk down a different pathway and say, look, I'm, I'm looking for something different. I'm prepared to try something new. The group that you're leaving behind, if you can use that term, oftentimes will try and pull you back. When people pull you back into that group, it's because they don't want you to grow and, and outgrow them. They want to keep you in that place. It's not coming from a supportive perspective. It's actually a very destructive, let's pull you down, tear you down rather than build you up. Um, you know, if you're in a group of people that perhaps, you know, and I remember, you know, in my youth at school, you know, I was knocking around with the wrong crowd for a period of time. And then a light bulb maybe goes off very dimly, I might add in my case, uh, and like, okay, you need to work hard at school and get yourself away from this. And you start to be uh, the person that starts to do homework. Oh, look, it's Swatty over there in the library and all the shoot down phrases that those groups of people can put on you um, to try and keep you in, in, in a level where they're comfortable with you. So it can be very hard to break out. So stepping right back into it, um, yeah, one of the plans or, or pathways that we talk about for creating wealth is you must have a goal. You must have a game plan, and it's your goal, not somebody else's, and it's your game plan. But you've got to have a have something that you're aiming to to pull you out of that that sort of rut of perhaps where you are. And and more importantly than the goal itself, you've got to have a reason why, because that's going to give you the motivation to pull yourself out of that and away from maybe a peer group that's far less supportive and keeping you at a level and opening the door to a new group of people, and it doesn't mean you drop your friends and family, but for certain things, getting advice and counsel from people that aren't in that peer group of financially unsuccessful people, and instead listening to people that perhaps have, uh, have achieved a little bit more or more in line with what you want to achieve from your life. So before we, we talk about the individual themselves, AB, if mm. I can just wind that back a little bit. You talk about not becoming a product of your environment mm. as such, if it's a, if it's a bad one. The, the challenge for most people would actually be recognizing that there's an issue or a disconnect in their environment and then learning to then separate themselves mm. to create their own journey. How do you actually do that? That's quite a challenging task, right? It is, uh, and I think you're quite right. There is a recognition or an evolution in your thinking where you look at perhaps where you're at and go, if I stay on this pathway, it's not gonna get me to, to, to where I need to go, so I need to move out of that phase. I guess it's probably not the best example, but one that perhaps is is easy to get your head around. If you've got someone that's got an addiction of some sort, and let's say it's, it's illicit drugs, so you might have a family or, or a peer group of people that, that take illicit drugs, and you might be in that phase for a period of time. You go, I want to get out of this. I want to be a clean person that's got some drive and not wasting money or time or energy or whatever it may be doing things to stay in this group. And I want more for my life. I want to have kids and I want to be a, a father that my kids can be proud of. So I'm kicking that habit. Really, it's the same process around money insofar as I want to kick this bad money habit or bad money story and create a better ending 
to the story that suits me as to where I want to go with my life. It takes a lot of courage, takes a, a, a lot of effort to do that, particularly if you're really ingrained in a peer group that's definitely not where you want to be. It's very, very difficult, and trying to do that on your own is very hard. So that's why I, I kind of use the term upgrading your peer group. And it doesn't mean dropping your friends, but maybe just having different advisors or people that you'll listen to that have done it. So instead of shooting people down for being successful, you go, actually, that's where I want to be. What can I do to emulate their success? What can I learn from them? I guess that's why people sell, you know, business people sell biographies, for example. You can pick up the, the, the DNA of what made them do that and maybe emulate it to an extent, as an example. Got you. And you talk about your, your five closest friends. That's where you'll be. You choose different friends as such, or mm. you associate with different people. You're likely to pick up 100%. their habits, right? But when you try and do that and you start uh, moving into that new circle or maybe not running around with the old group, the old group will do everything they can to pull you in because ultimately, you know, we're pretty simple creatures. We're pack animals at the end of the day. So transitioning now to the most important part, and that is, of course, the individual. So can we talk about, AB, as an individual listening to this, how you would, I guess, coach yourself on positive stories and beliefs, and then about building a plan of action in place to be able to achieve what you want? Well, I don't have enough money is a really simple example. I don't have enough money each week or run out of money. It's like I budget really well, so I always have spare cash. And that's the story that you start to tell yourself. Obviously, there's some, you can't just tell yourself that story and money manifests itself into your wallet or bank account. You've got to follow it through with action like everything in life. But automatically, that sort of starts to change the thought process from the negative side of the ledger where you don't have enough and there's a scarcity around money to buy the actions that you take, be it budgeting or, or whatever, and saving, investing, whatever it may be on that side of the ledger, all of a sudden it's creating that time, wealth and space for you. So it's gone from scarcity to abundance by taking an action step, budgeting and saving, as, as an example. Uh, another one in there would be that, you know, I, I, I'd rather do what I love doing than chase money. But you can do both because if you have something that you're very passionate about and that you enjoy and you're able to dollarize that in a certain way, you can make a very, very good living or a lot of money doing something you love doing. So all of a sudden you've not compromised or it's either doing what I'm passionate about or it's money. It's both. It's just a question of seeing it in a slightly different, different way. What about I'd rather be balanced than have money? That's one that I hear all the time. Yeah, well, what exactly is balanced in the first instance? Go back to the misbelief that for some reason the meek inherit the earth, so if you haven't chased money and power, therefore you're morally superior. Tell me what balanced actually is. Um, I guess it's different to every person, right? There's no one definition. Absolutely right. I feel I'm more balanced. I don't, I don't spend too much time at work, but if you're smart, you don't have to spend a lot more time at work to make a lot more money. You could be an entrepreneur, you could have a passion project, a side hustle, whatever it may be, but it's just the lens that people look through. It's either you're balanced or you have money, yet you can have both if you structure yourself and take the time to think about what you have. And again, it's just a teardown expression. Well, I'd rather be this than that. Well, I'd rather be both. Balanced and wealthy. Mm. So in terms of uh, sort of creating positive beliefs for yourself, AB, the next step is to have, have an action plan mm. and then execute it. So what does the individual therefore then do thereafter? 
Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to work out what you want, and this is true of anything you do in life. And we've spoken, you know, ad nauseum uh, through this podcast, and, and and a lot we do with our clients in the in the goal setting space. You have to know what you want in order to be happy. Otherwise, you're dissatisfied that you don't have it. So, if having more money is a priority for you, then um, you need to build a plan that's going to do that. If not having more money is a priority for you, then that's okay, you don't need a plan to get there. Okay, so it's very, very important to work out what it is that you want in the first instance. And then step by step go through it. And you know, in, in some of the work that we do, for example, with, within our book, our money investing book, or through this podcast, or through the financial literacy we provide with our education business, um, giving people a very structured and clear game plan of the micro commitments in the first instance, because you, you, you can't go from being broke to being the Rockefellers in two minutes. There's a series of action steps that need to be taken and they're, they're not by accident, they're very deliberate. Uh, and one of them is to work on a level of clarity as to what you want, and then more importantly, why you want it, because that's going to put fuel in the tank to get you to make perhaps some of the more challenging decisions at the time, or, or maybe take more aggressive or harder action than you would normally take in order to get there. Once you've worked out what you want, as you say, building that action plan, it starts really simple. You have to start with a budget because budgeting isn't something that's designed to crimp and punish you and, 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 and crimp your lifestyle. It's designed to ensure that you can afford the things you want to do with your life. It's actually creating your future in advance. Once you've created a budget, you can then create savings and from savings you can then start to invest and from investing it's how you then start to become wealthy. But there is a DNA pathway to that. You can't just go, oh, I want to start investing if you don't take the steps to work out your budget. And if you haven't got goals, you'll never take the time to work out the budget. So it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a chain of events that need to happen in order to do that. And it starts with the realization, I guess, that if you're dissatisfied with where you are, at whatever it may be, and we just happen to be talking about money, then if you're dissatisfied, it's time to do something about it. If you're not dissatisfied, that's okay. It's not your time yet. You need more time to endure the, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not to get that flexion point where the dissatisfaction level, the pain level is high enough that you take action. But when you get there, you start to take action. You know, and if it's not important to you ever, uh, and your goal in life is to live off the pension, and, uh, and, and some people are in that space, then, well, you don't really need to do too much. But if you want to have a different outcome, then you probably need to do different things for sure. Uh, and, and getting yourself upskilled, educated, uh, having a plan, uh, and, and then having action steps that you follow uh, are some of the crucial marker points on the way through there. So getting started and actually undertaking that plan A, B, step number one as such mm. of many, I guess an important part of that would be the review. Hmm. So how does an individual, as we cap off today's episode, how does an individual sit back and really review what their intentions are, how they're going, and then what's next? Look, you could call it, give, give it its proper name, it's called a biometric feedback loop, but let's call it a review. So Sounds very it, smart. <laughs> it's spent years teaching this <laughs> stuff um, and, and, and spent more than years, decades doing it. So taking an action step and seeing what the outcome of that is is very, very important. And if the outcome from that action step isn't exactly what you want, you need to revise and review the action that you're taking and then keep going. And then looking at the outcome from that action step. So if you imagine like a, 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 a snail shell, just a, a, a shell that's just going in a concentric circle, getting bigger and bigger, that's what we're talking about here. So you take a small action step. So that first action step might be the actual recognition that you're dissatisfied with where you are financially. Oh, it's right for them living in the big house. Okay, well, what did they do to get there? 
It must have been important for them to accumulate wealth in order to do that, to provide a better home for their family and the three adopted kids that they now look after in that space. They also run their environmental conservation place from the basement in it. So they're not bad people, they just made a goal to do that. So number one is, okay, working out what you want, then taking a small step toward that. And for most people, it starts with that shift in belief around money and the self-talk that you have around money, which is very, very important. So it's not the root of all evil. It can be a force for good if it's used in the right way. Um, and, and, and for me, that force for good might be X, Y, Z. I'd like to help people or set up a charity, whatever it may be. Everyone's got their driver in there. It might be just to be able to afford to put food on the table at the end of the week. Um, secondly, having worked out what that goal is, what are the action steps I need to take? Well, let's look at what money comes in the door and where it goes out, otherwise known as budgeting. And if X comes in the door and Y goes out and Y is bigger than X, there's a real problem. So X comes in the door, what can I look at in terms of my spending? Uh, and, and is any of that spending being wasted? Good example of that might be subscriptions. So you might have subscriptions to a gym that you don't attend. We've had a former colleague that was doing that quite uh, for quite some time, two years in fact, for your gym, I believe. Great, great client great for client, you. Great client, yeah. Um, and then it might be to um, you know some some TV streamers that you don't listen to, or or to a software or or some something on your phone that you clicked on ages ago and you just forgot to cancel. And it comes out it's only eight bucks a week, but it's every week. That's adds up over the course of the year. So cleaning up those sorts of things and seeing where you can conserve your expenditure on things that aren't essential, aren't important, or are just, just a, a, a slice off of cash that you almost ignore. And then with that money that you've saved that you don't need to spend, putting that into a way of either reducing your debt in the first instance, bad debt, and we talk more about that extensively another time, or actually getting that savings account built so you can feel that you're building some money up to take the financial pressure off of living week to week, for example, which so many people unfortunately have to do. And then the next step on there is as that amount of money increases, how can you invest it? And this is why you know some of those micro investment type products, you know, raise is a really good example of that where you know that change that $8.50 for two coffees, that 50 cents goes into your investment account every time there's a transaction and it builds up, enables you to dip a toe into the world of investing. And over time, provided you're consistent, this isn't something after a week you're gonna see a notable difference, but over a considerable period of time as it compounds, you really start to see that things are changing for you. But the most important one is that change in belief, because if the belief doesn't change that you deserve to be wealthy, it's not just for the big end of town or money isn't the root of all evil or uh, I'm gonna be the person in my family that breaks this chain of poverty that we've always been bad with money but I'm the one that's gonna break it. Once that belief is in play, you become unstoppable, unshakable if you wanted to use that term but that's something that's your internal dialogue with yourself. I can do this and I'm going to do this and I am doing it and I have done it. That's the kind of belief that I'm looking for, AB, and no doubt our listeners are, hence why they're, they're tuned into this podcast. It, it, it's hard to know where to start, and I guess it comes back to the nature-nurture conversation, and if you have a peer group, which is a peer group of teardowns that are keeping you in your place and, and perhaps not supportive, it's time to upgrade that, and that doesn't mean a new set of friends, it's just new input. So maybe change what you're watching on the TV, which can be pretty depressing at the best of times. Change what you're reading, change what you're browsing online, change what you talk to people about. And all of a sudden, even though they're only very, very small steps, if you put enough positivity, and I'm talking about, I'm just gonna sit here and kumbaya, money's gonna flow to me like rivers of water because I do these incantations every day, but actually take action steps around it and deliberate decisions to put more positive input in your life that ultimately will increase over time and it will help nudge your behavior and the action steps that you take. 
So instead of being this insurmountable mountain to climb to become wealthy, it's just one step at a time. And I've taken this step. Well, what do we do now? Well, we better take the next step and see what happens and keep on that journey and don't stop. Nice one, AB. It's great advice. And one thing I'd ask our listeners, some comedic value here, comment on this podcast, the worst belief or comment advice that you've had on money. I'd love to hear what some of them are. There'd be some doozies in there. I, I don't doubt that for a moment. And they are doozies and we can laugh at them. And unfortunately, that's the story that some people are playing in their head every single day. And if you change that, that statement, that belief, all of a sudden the glass isn't half full that becomes so rather it's uh, it's not it's not half empty it's half full and it becomes a far more positive place for you to live and if you've got positivity and positive energy things happen for you if you've got negative energy you're going to attract a whole bunch more of it and that's not going to leave you where you're at and as i said right at the start if you're dissatisfied where you're at it's time for a change if you're not dissatisfied that's cool too just keep doing what you're doing perfect thank you very much ab great advice absolute pleasure anytime there you have it guys make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week